Hey guys, it's Heather and welcome back to week two of Braves Connected. I'm here, I'm Heather. I'm Sydney. And I'm Daryl. And we're here with Mr. Stefano, our advisor again, and we have a special guest, Ms. Rowert. Hi. Um, today, we're kind of t focusing on mental health in the school, especially during a pandemic. It's super important to stay on top of your mental health and do things to look out for yourself as well as for others. So we came up with a couple questions as well as some of our peers and friends questions to ask Ms. Rowert and just to talk about as a group and figure out how we can make the school a better place for our students' mental health. All right, so as you guys know, Ms. Rohr is new this year. She's our mental health assistance counselor, and we're gonna let her introduce herself, tell us a little about herself, and tell you guys about who she is and what she's seen around Williamstown High School and how she wants to help. Hi, everyone. I'm Ms. Rohr. I'm the mental health assistance counselor, or the MAC, whatever you wanna call me. Um, I... Okay. Wow. <laughs> we can cut this out. What do, you do? what do I do? Here? <laughs> you want to do here? Okay. <laughs> or um, your hobbies, you know. Give me some hobbies. Um, in the school, I talk to kids about any mental health issues they're experiencing or any kind of difficult emotional experiences they're having. I deal with crisis. I deal with, you know, smaller things, just like learning new strategies. I also am in your classes teaching SEL on Wednesdays. You probably all see me there. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of conversations with kids a lot of the times just about how their days are going and um, how we can improve those, improve those things uh, moving forward. And, you know, the biggest thing I see right now in school is that there's just a lot of uncertainty. I'm sure you guys all feel that. And, um, you know, whether it's about school or whether it's about your home lives or whether it's about what's going to happen in the world, there's just a lot right now. And that can be hard. Um, you guys aren't all equipped to deal with that. It's not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, my background, when I w was in college, I have a degree in uh, development, like human development. Um, so, you know, for that, I look at that as, what are you supposed to be doing as teenagers right now? And it's about socializing and learning from your peers and kind of pulling away from your family and learning from the people around you more than anything else. And you guys are kind of hindered in doing that right now. Um, and that can create a lot of, stress. It can create a lot of anxiety about the future. Um, you know, in this room, we've got seniors and juniors, but um, it can create it across all of it. And you guys are all in different spots and where you're going to go is it's uncertain right now. And I think that's where most of it's coming from. There's also, you know, the everyday anxiety that most people experience. Um, most of us experience some kind of mental health um, without our lives. It's not something that generally can be avoided. Some of us just deal with it better than others. I like to say that it's a sliding scale. Um, on, you know, day to day, you can be on one side of the scale and the next day you can be on the other. But, um, you know, there's general anxieties that just everybody has always had and it hasn't changed or it's gotten worse over this time. Um, you know, there's working through other things like that. And sometimes it's as simple as me seeing a lot of like students who are struggling to just pay attention in class um, while they're on Zooms or while there's only a couple people in the room, it's hard to like motivate yourself and to keep going with this mode of learning um, that you're not used to, even though we've been doing it for a long time, it's still out of the ordinary. Um, and it's hard to get motivated. So I've been talking to a lot of kids about that. How do you know, stay involved and stay doing things that bring you joy. And I think that's a big part of it is feeling connected and still trying to do things that you can with what we have right now. Um, but that's mostly what I notice, and I think as you know, we get back into coming to school more, uh, I'll see a little bit more of what it's like for kids here. We're just you know in the first week of that, so mm -hmm. still kind of drawing itself out. Okay, that's awesome. And um, one thing we heard like we're students, it's a lot easier to fall into kind of like an 
depressive or anxious episode, especially when you're at home and there's nothing getting you out of the house. It's a lot easier to stay in bed for three days straight and not really do anything about it. What are some like skills that we can help encourage students to build during this pandemic so that that doesn't happen quite as often? Yeah, so I'm hearing a lot of that kind of stuff too. Um, and what I've mostly suggested to students is start small and start with something that seems manageable at the end of the time. When you're going through anything that can feel really overwhelming, like an anxious episode or just anxiety as a whole, or even, you know, touches of depression, uh, depressive episodes or anything like that, it can be really overwhelming just to get started. Um, so it's important to start small, start with something that you know that you like. Um, you know, if you like to organize, organize your desk or wherever you work, or if you like to write, start keeping like a journal about just, you know, your feelings in that day and kind of track that from time to time. And then, you know, as you build, you can start writing more things. Or if you like being outside, if you like playing sports, whatever, get outside and take a walk. Um, it's about breaking up your day and kind of feeling that you're doing things, you know, not just school or not just sitting around at home, but still doing those things that you've always enjoyed to do, but making them small and manageable. So, you know, it can, you can start small if you like to cook, maybe helps at the table first. And then, you know, go from there, but it's about, you know, still trying to keep up with those things that you enjoy. Cause if you pull away from everything, that's when it really gets hard to get out of those cycles. Um, and not to say that you won't find yourself there ever, but, um, if you start pulling away from everything and, you know, resign to the reclusiveness of it all, that's when it gets the most hard. So I think that still keeping up with things that you enjoy, maybe trying new things in this time. There's a lot of access to things that we don't. Yeah, there's a lot of access to things that we didn't have before. Um, you know, like there's a lot of like classes and things you can look at and be a part of that you guys probably didn't have access to as high school students before. Um, you know, you guys are getting creative. You started a podcast for all this. It's like a great thing. And try something new. Trying something new can really like amplify how you, um, those good feelings and those good positive, you know, um, you know, feelings that you need to kind of jumpstart moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And like she said, pulling away um, will not do you any good. And I know it's hard to connect with our parents or even talk to them about any of this, but like if normal things are getting tough for you, like cleaning your room, parents aren't going to think that like, you know, if you clean your room, maybe you'll feel better. And sometimes it's even hard to get there, to get to that point of cleaning your room. So if you just try and like kind of pose it that way, like the way she said, where it's like you're trying to do things, but you need to be able to make them enjoyable for yourself, maybe they'll be more willing to like understand that like, oh, maybe I can help you clean this room, we can do this together, or something like that, finding solutions and communicating it effectively with your parents to let them know how you're feeling and why it's hard might help ease some of the tensions at home that might arise with these feelings. Um, so yeah, with you, let's learn a little bit more about you. Um, we heard about your website and how to reach you and how to reach everyone else at the counseling office. Do you wanna like kind of outline that for? Our students? Yeah, so um, I'm a pretty easy person to reach, if you know Me where too. to look. Um, <laughs> um, so as far as all the counselors, you can go onto the Williamstown webpage and go to the counseling page, and there's a counseling pass request form on there. Um, that generates itself to each counselor. So if you you know want to talk to Ms. Koya or Mr. Fowl or even me or Mrs. Gaudio, we're all on there, and you can request to talk to them, um, and they'll get a notification, and you'll, you know, say how you want to be reached and they'll reach real reach out to you. Um, you can always send myself or anybody an email. Um, you guys know what the emails look like. It's a whole long thing at the end. Um, but you can always send us an email. Our emails are also on the website. So if you ever needed someone's email, um, I think our phone numbers are also on there as well. So you could always call our direct lines and leave a message. 
Um, for me specifically, um, I do have a web page. It's um, just specific to me, and there is a form on there. It's a Google form that comes directly to me. Nobody else sees it, not even a secretary, not anybody, not anybody else. Um, and there's just some general information on there that you submit, and I'll reach out to you, whichever mode of, that you select for me to reach out to you. Um, and then if you're in the building, you can come down. Um, I'm in J106. It was an old assistant principal's office in J-Wing. Now it is my office and Mrs. Gaudio's office, and you can come down and touch base with us if you have a free period or if you're in your lunch. Um, try not to come down during your academic periods. <laughs> but uh, you can always reach us that way and here when you guys are here. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me. And with that, for any freshmen and sophomores who don't know what their guidance counselor look like because they never have met them, they never had the chance to, they were out of school last year, and they just haven't gotten to this year because of the pandemic. Um, on WHS Instagram account, we have introductory videos to a bunch of the guidance counselors with how to reach them, who they are, and just kind of to put a face to a name to who they are so that you feel more comfortable reaching out to them through this form or then when you meet them on Zoom or through a phone call and whatever works for you. Or if you get to come into school so you can like recognize them and be like, hey, Miss Gogo, I'm your student. I have a question. Um, that might make it a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, we also try and post some resources there for like meditation Mondays is what we call them. <clears throat> we find some ways to deal with your emotions and to kind of calm down any feelings that you may feel that you can't really handle. Um, so that's one thing that's also available if you need to get to know who your guidance counselor is. Um, Once again, the Instagram handle is WHStress. Highly recommend you follow. <laughs> that's my partner Madison on the project. Ms. Aurora, any, just a little question for you. Do you have any recommendations for how students can like maintain a normal daily routine during the pandemic? Yeah, so maintaining a routine is really important. Um, I love a routine. Not everybody does, but um, I think they're really important for feeling that, you know, sake of normal, normalcy, if we want to call it that. But um, you can start, again, kind of starting small is a good place to start. And, you know, that could be just like waking up at the same time every day. It's hard for you guys with being um, virtual. Some of you are virtual, some of you are hybrid. So, you know, if you're not having to get up and go on the bus in the morning or catch a ride with a friend or whatever, however you used to get to school, you may be sleeping in later. You may be just like literally rolling out of bed, hitting the start button on your computer. We're laughing. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> hitting the start button on your computer and logging into your Zooms. I urge you all to start with like waking up at the same time every day. Um, it really helps. I know when I was your age, I used to like burn the candle at both ends and stay up late and do all that, but it won't help you um, moving forward and getting through this time. Like try to set routines in the morning and at night and then the rest kind of filters in. That's my, um, that's what I found works best. If you have a good like morning routine with just like, waking up at the right time and you know, having something <clears throat> small to eat before you start your classes, you're kind of setting yourself up for the day, getting into that kind of school mode. Um, so when you do come back, you're not feeling like fish out of water, like this is a whole crazy new experience. Um, you know, we try to ease the transition in that way um, by creating those routines. And at night, it's really important to create a routine too. Um, I'm a big fan of a nightly routine for myself. You know, I've got a little skincare routine, got to like put my phone away, do all that stuff. But um, it's important to create that, you know, feeling of regulation in your life too, um, just to like turn off at night. I tell a lot of my students that I know it's hard. I know none of you want to hear it, but put your phone away 30 to 45 minutes before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are staring at screens all day long, especially now, even when you're in school, you're still looking at a screen There's and it can be really 
Yeah. Yeah. It can be really harmful for your, like for your brain and for your eyes and for so many things. And just at night, it's really great if you put your phone away and maybe like get your pajamas on, whatever your thing is, maybe do some stretching, you do some meditation, um, or you just like unwind with a book, anything, something that you like to do. That's not like staring at a screen. Um, I think creating like a morning routine and a night routine will help a lot in creating kind of that sense of normalcy and that sense of, you know, um, feeling like it used to maybe when you guys were getting up every day and going to school, setting out your clothes the night before, those kind of things. Trying to still keep up with those things. Doing those things are important and it will ease the transition because one day we will be back. And, um, you know, we don't want you guys to see you struggle to get back into a routine. It's true. And for remote learning kids, I know something that like I struggled with, especially like the first month of school was that 1159 deadline felt like a dooming little date over my head. And it was because I just wasn't utilizing my time. Like teachers don't take up the whole period on Zoom a lot of the time. So then you just end up finding something to do until the next period. You don't end up actually doing your work because you think it's too short of a period. But something that changed so dramatically for me was that like as long as I worked my hardest during those like four hours or whatever I was on Zoom or that I wasn't on Zoom in between classes or those five minutes or that period you have off from Zoom that day is I don't have nearly as much homework after school as I did before then. So just really utilizing your time during the school day really changed like all the stress I had after it. Yeah. And a lot of kids are just like, oh, I don't have time. Oh, I don't want to. I can't work. But if you just like open up a doc, keep it open and work on that doc throughout the rest of the day, that's one less assignment you have to do after school. Yeah. And that's something that helped create normalcy for me. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, that type of time management can really help you during the school day. It can really improve how you spend your time doing school because it's very stressful for kids who wait till like 8 p.m., maybe 9 p.m., 10 p.m. to start their homework because then they're rushing to finish assignments. They feel like they can't get it in on time. They feel like they might not get their best work done, and that can really harm your mental health. So I think it's really important to create a routine like Heather was talking about get some work done maybe during the school day or right after school find a healthy balance if you have sports and also just remember to throw in to your daily routine some things that you love to do for me i love running i love listening to music i love working out playing instruments it's little things like that that keep you going from day to day city plays a mean song on the piano you guys should hear him he's so good at the piano these are all um, these are all good suggestions, and they're not just suggestions for a pandemic. Um, I just, you know, I just remember even when I was a teacher, counselor, things like that. These are uh, questions I would always ask students, especially struggling students. I would always ask them what their daily routine was outside of school, because it's important to have a, a routine. I just think as as human beings, we we want to have we want to be busy. We want to have some sort of a goal. And it's very easy to just not be busy, especially when we have so many devices and, you know, and, and so many, so many um, outlets or, you know, I don't know what to call these devices. I guess, I guess ways to just not do things, you know, so you can easily just <laughs> yeah, look at your phone, look at your iPad, look at the TV and not get things done. So you brought up a, a very good point about turning things off and getting away from the devices. So I think that's extremely important. Um, you know, in, even in my own house with my kids, um, one of the things that came out of this pandemic uh, that we worked on with our kids was uh, chores. I thought that was the obvious answer. You know, my, my wife, I, I'm here a lot, so my wife's home with the kids, 
And she would say, like, they're in front of their devices all day. They're, what do I do? What do I do? I said, well, how about chores? Let's, let's, <laughs> they can make their beds. They can mow the lawn. All these things that, uh, you know, my wife is nonstop busy with. There's a lot of stuff to do around the house, and there's a lot of really good skills that you can learn just from doing those things. And I can't speak for everybody, but I do know that in my household, I thought that they were old enough to do these things a few years ago. And I, and I think this was, it was good because, now that my, my children were home in the house a lot, it was um, it was definitely time to get them involved in learning about those things. Cleaning, vacuuming, uh, making their own beds, mowing the lawn, taking care of things, you know, and you know, do they do they like doing it? No. Do they do it perfect? Absolutely not. And and, um, <laughs> and <clears throat> my wife's philosophy was like, I don't want them to make the bed because they're not going to do it right. But me, I, I thought that, okay, and it maybe in two years though they will. And then they got it. You know, they have it for the rest of their life. So they're just, they're really good skills and it's part of a routine and it's, and it's a sense of accomplishment. And then when you become older and you have your own house and things like that, these are just things that you're not going to have to, uh, you're not going to have to relearn or, or reinvent the wheel or figure them out on your own because it's something that you learned. And, and um, you know, just thinking back and, and, and looking, these are skills that I guess, you know, now a lot of people overlook where people don't even get because we're so busy, you know, if we're not in school, like now during a pandemic, um, we, we're trying to f fill our time with, with certain things. But when you're allowed in school, you guys have very busy lives with all the, with your academics, with your um, extracurricular activities, things like that. I mean, you can wake up in the morning at six o'clock and then not be finished with school or activities till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. That's a very busy day. So especially people that are like in the band and stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. band practice sometimes, see it on the weekends, they get here early at like 10 o'clock in the morning, they go to 10 o'clock at night. It's, 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 uh, it's unreal. So those are, those are big commitments. Yeah, I think those are awesome points to highlight and things about, you know, how this is gonna look and how this is all gonna filter in for when you guys are moving on from high school and afterwards. I think um, when I was your age, I struggled with, I was busy, 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 busy all the time. And I always had something to do. I never went home at 2.25 when the day ended. I stayed at school. I played sports. I was in clubs. I did all that stuff. And then when I got to college, it was like, I have all this free time. And it, even if college is not the route for everybody or not the route that everybody's going to go down, like you end up having so much more free time. And um, especially in school and college, because you go from going to school all day, eight days, you know, eight hours a day, and then you're like, oh, I have two hours of class today. What am I going to do with the rest of this time? And you can fall into some nasty habits and, um, you know, procrastinating and, you know, sitting around and watching Netflix instead of doing your work, things like that. And, you know, take time now to build good habits and they're going to reward you throughout your time, no matter if you go into a career out of high school or the military or college, it, those good habits that you're creating now are going to help you later on in life. Like Mr. DeStefano was saying, if you're making a decent bed now, in two years, you're going to make a great bed. <laughs> and um, those are all great things. You should get, you know, get into different things, get into a different routine, find out what works for you. Not every single thing, not the same thing is going to work for everyone. So you got to find what works for you and, you know, do things you wouldn't normally do. If you're a mom or Whoever's at home cooking dinner, help them. Maybe you enjoy cooking and you don't know that. Um, it's a good yeah. way to put your phone down for a couple hours and mm -hmm. make something nice out of it, too. Yeah, that's generally how I spend like my free time. I love to cook and bake, and I do all that for myself. 
And it's a great way to like turn off and unplug and just kind of be there and be present with what I'm doing. So try something new. Health anxiety during a pandemic. Uh, how do you, how can we healthily balance that? Like how can we deal with people or how can you deal with yourself when you have that anxiety about catching the virus and other people around you? Yes. Yeah, so I think that's a big question right now. Um, and there's a lot of ways to look at it. Um, but for me, looking at it, you know, I have those anxieties too. I think um, it's prevalent right now. Nobody wants to get sick. Nobody wants to give anything to other people. Um, nobody wants to, you know, endanger others. And there's a balance there. So if you know in your heart that you're doing what you need to do, then I feel like your anxiety can kind of pan out through that. If you're, you know, we're only responsible for ourselves at the end of the day. I think we're all kind of learning that through all this. Um, and there's a combination of knowing what you're doing yourself and having empathy for others. And, um, for me, I look at it as, you know, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I wear my mask. I wash my hands frequently. I use hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. I try to, I socially distance as much as humanly possible. And I'm limiting my, I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm limiting who I'm seeing. Um, but you know, life also can't fully stop you have to move on with your day. You know, I am here every day because so I work, this is my job. <laughs> so, um, I'm here and that's okay because that's a part of how we're all going to deal with all this is, you know, and with the holidays coming up, it's kind of a good consideration, you know, seeing family and things, it's going to happen. But if you're doing things smartly and you're being aware and being, you know, having that information in the back of your mind, knowing that, you know, you need to be doing what you're doing, but also like having empathy for others, I think, it's how we kind of balance all that. And you can't, you can't let it be every thought of every day. Um, I know that's hard right now. Um, and you definitely should be worried about it. But anxiety and worry are two different things. Worry is healthy. Anxiety is where we start to tip the scale into problematic. And, um, you know, you should always worry about taking care of other people. But live your life. Do what you need to do. And be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of places that make you feel uncomfortable. Be aware of places that, you know, people aren't doing what they need to be doing. Stay away from those things. Um, you know, take care of the people around you as much as you can. Um, and that's really all we can do in this time. It's so uncertain. And, you know, I'm not a doctor. Um, so, and life is not always ideal. It's not, we can't all go in our house and stay there for eight months and not come out. Um, we probably shouldn't. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. Um, you're right. It, can, it becomes a concern and any other things too. But be aware be empathetic of others and what their choices are and what, you know, they need to do for themselves or for their families. And just make sure you're always honoring what you believe and what you think, um, you know, you need to be doing right now. And if this is like especially dangerous for you because of pre-existing conditions, if you just have like a friend or two that you trust, they can be like your bubble. Like you have two friends that you hang out with and you can have in your house or whatever, and they're your bubble because you know they're taking what they need to do outside of school, they're wearing their masks or outside of life they're wearing their masks they're social distancing they're being clean and healthy so you can trust them to come into your house and make sure you have that hopefully that support system and find friends who you trust to you know live properly outside and you can have them in your house and hopefully not isolate yourself for eight months like she said that's not good for anybody and um another thing that i kind of noticed with teenagers is that they'll say like everyone's gonna get it why does it matter but you don't realize like how many people can die of something like this so don't make it you know, that it overcomes your entire life, but you can't just say everyone's going to get it and think that it doesn't have consequences because it really, truly does. Um, so please keep that in mind. You know, be empathetic, like she said. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's important to remain positive. The virus isn't going to last forever. It's going to come to a point where we're not, it's not going to be this every day. We're not going to need masks every day. At some time, the virus will be over. So just remain positive and keep following up with the health restrictions for now, for as long as you can. And just remember that virus is going to come and it's going to go, just like all the other viruses the world has dealt with. Very, very true. We just heard news of vaccine, two mm -hmm. ones, one with like 90%. Yeah, it's like that's really easy. percent effective or something. That's really easy to manage and it doesn't have to have that specific temperature. And then there's another one that is like... degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, then the other, the other one's like 90% or 92%. It's a little bit higher, but it has yeah. like stricter um, management yeah. policies. So yeah, stay tuned on the good news as well, not just the bad news. That's another way to help... Yeah, and if you not go to the dark spot, and if you turn on the news at night, which not many of us like to do, but you'll see like there's positive things. I know there's a lot of horrible things that we might say, but there's also <clears> positive <throat> things. Like if you wait till the end of the news, you'll see like uh, this person helped. Like last night, I think it was um, can't remember her name. It's not Raven McIntyre. <laughs> oh, Dolly, Dolly, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> she uh, she donated uh, like millions of dollars to uh, research to help uh, the vaccine. To, and now the what she donated it to is now the one that's came that's came out and that is like ninety five percent effective. So people are helping, people care. Just remember that. <clears throat> very, very nice. And I think just to piggyback on that a little bit and because I don't know if I talked about balance at all, but you know, Keith, it's a really good point that Daryl makes is keeping yourself up with the good things that are happening in the world too. There's plenty of bad, but like a lot of this stuff has inspired people to go out and do good things for their you know, their communities and the people around them. And um, we talked about this with the um, social emotional learning uh, videos today that we did. Um, but, you know, do something altruistic for other people. Um, it makes you feel good. It feels good for yourself. It builds you up. It also helps other people. And there's plenty of things that you can be doing right now that are safe to help other people. And, um, you know, there's plenty of ways to get involved and plenty of ways to do things. And looking for all those silver linings in this is really important. I think... I personally have focused more on, you know, doing the things that are I enjoy, doing the things that I love, making time for those things, because like Mr. DeStefano is saying, like, very busy all the time, and you lose sight of them, those things that you love to do, or the, and, um, you know, a healthy balance of this has been that, you know, I've gotten to do some more of those things, I've gotten to keep up with some more friends that I wouldn't have before, you know, just from like calling and texting and FaceTiming and Zoom. Um, so finding all those kind of like balances in your, what's been good about all this? What have we kind of focused more on that is a good thing? You know, maybe we're all just taking care of ourselves a little bit better. You know, we're washing our hands more and doing that. I know, full disclosure, when I would come home from work, I did not wash my hands when I came home. And now I do that. <laughs> and they're good habits. So you don't have to look at all like the virus will end like Sydney was saying, but the good things that come out of it, hopefully will be things that extend beyond this. Very true. Yeah, one question too, it's, it's, it's interesting is um, people put forth a lot of warnings about the combination of the coronavirus and the flu. But, you know, I was thinking like what, with, we've never gone into a flu season wearing masks and washing our hands and socially distancing. I'm wondering how this is going to slow down the transmission of the flu as well, since it's not as, um, according to you know what they what they say is that it's not as transmissible as the coronavirus. Yeah. So I'm just curious to see how that's going to play out over the season. Yeah, I would, I would think so as well, just because 
a lot of people aren't coming into school. They're not going into work because, like, if you're if you have symptoms, even if it's the flu, you're still not going in, or you shouldn't go in. So it should reduce that risk, hopefully. All right. Yeah. yeah. So um, for the juniors and seniors who are now starting to prepare for college, get ready for applications. Um, do you have any tips, any advice? What should we do? What should we think about? Yeah, so I um, I don't do academic stuff, but coming from the guidance department, we have a, a good amount of tips for you guys. And I know that, um, you know, kind of being the voice of all the counselors right now, but um, a great place to start, I mean, for juniors is just do your research, do your homework on things, um, know what's expected of you. Don't wake up first day of senior year and be like, what do I do? Um, so a non-profit to get into college now? Okay. Madison's laughing. I think she did that. Um, but, um, I didn't set up Naviance until like the middle of October my senior year. Don't do that. Set up your Naviance. Um, there's a lot of great tools on Naviance. Naviance is a very, was not like that when I was in school. There's a lot of awesome tools on there, especially now where you guys can't, as juniors, be getting onto campuses as easily or seeing places or, you know, kind of getting that exposure that you normally would. Um, utilize those tools, utilize Namiance. Um, there's like the college search tools on there, um, the college match programs on there. Um, you know, if you have a college board account, college board has awesome resources too. Um, it's called the big college match, I believe. Um, it's something actually like something like that. Um, it's on college board. If you have an account, you can use it. Um, and you put in your preferences and it'll come up with a whole list of schools for you just to check out, do your research. You guys have some extra time right now. Um, get excited about that process. It is stressful, but it's also really fun. You know, you're making decisions for yourself as 16, 17, 18 year olds for the first time in your life that feel really big. Um, you know, you might have done those things before, but nothing's like choosing about like what your future is going to be like. And even if that's not college, even if that's a career or something else, that's okay. You know, do your homework, get excited about it, get, you know, the ball rolling, keep a list. Um, I love a top, top 10 list. Um, when I did college stuff, that's always what I advise my students to do is keep like a running list of things and, you know, consider financially what's important to you, socially what's important to you, academically what's important to you. Um, all those things are things to consider. Um, for my seniors, most of you are done with this process, but um, when you are a senior, manage your time. Um, this year, our seniors may have had a little bit more time and things on their hands because they're not having as many things you know, in school and stuff, but life doesn't stop for you to apply to college. Um, you need to be on top of things. Know your deadlines. If anything, know your deadlines. <laughs> um, you don't want to get into a place where you don't know what you need to be doing or what's expected of you. So research your deadlines, keep lists, do things in small, manageable pieces. College applications as a senior can be super daunting. And if you don't break it down into manageable bite-sized pieces, you're going to be like, I don't even need to go to college. <laughs> so don't do that. Break it down. Start with one thing at a time and build up and keep your counselors informed. Talk to them when they have opportunities to talk to them. Um, I know that's been the hardest thing for us as a department has been reaching out to our, se our seniors who need it and getting them in the groups and, you know, getting them what they need because you guys need it. And that's why, you know, school counselors and things exist is because we help you with this process. It's such a big process. And so get talking to your counselors as early as you can. Keep them informed of what you're doing. Ask them for help when you need it. Don't wait till the last minute. 
please don't wait till the last minute um, because college admissions does not work on the last minute. It's a timeline that you need to be aware of. And um, if you break it up, if you do it well, if you manage your time with it, um, it's so much easier, so much more of an enjoyable process. And, you know, give yourself rewards through it too. Um, it's important to take breaks and to give yourself rewards for getting through that process. It's hard. It's stressful. It's a lot of work. Um, but it's okay to take those breaks. Just make them manageable and make them, um, you know, doable with what you also have to do. And then at the end of it, sit back and know that you've done everything in your power that you can to service yourself for the future. I tell kids that once you submit an application, once you're done with the common app, once you're done with your essays, you just have to leave it alone. Don't overthink it. Don't stress yourself out so much that you're inhibiting other things in your life. This is one part of your life, not the whole thing. And that's important to know. You know, some of this blends into mental health too. Um, yeah, because applying for college can hurt It can hurt you sometimes. It's stressful. Um, but, you know, at the end of it, know that you did everything in your power and make it so that you know that everything you did and, you know, is in service of what you want and what you're trying to achieve through that process. Um, know that if you don't, if you don't get the exact outcome you want, um, there's a reason for that. And it's all part of the process. Um, it's not meant to be that everybody gets to do exactly what they want. And that sucks sometimes, but, um, there's a reason for that. And, um, it says nothing about who you are as a person. Uh, there's a million different reasons. Some people don't get into schools and that's okay. Um, your worth is not connected to that. Um, it's also not connected to where you do get in. So take it all with a grain of salt, put it away when it's done and enjoy the process. I know it looks hard and it's not enjoyable when you're going through it, but enjoy it as you go through it. You're making big decisions for yourself. Um, high school is awesome. College is great too. Um, you know, you're kind of making those steps to really important time in your life. And when you get to the point of making a decision where you're going to go and just reward yourself for all that hard work that you put it in to get there and, you know, you're doing all these good things for your future. And I think that, you know, don't take it too, don't make it too big, keep it manageable and it will reward you in the end. Another thing for juniors is just stay involved where you can, like we're still doing clubs online. So you don't want to just, you know, have these activities freshman and sophomore year and then cut off junior year and do nothing because we were in a pandemic. If you just like, there's like a Zoom meeting like once a month after school for a bunch of your activities. If you can attend them, it'll keep you involved and it'll be good for both your mental health with like communicating to your friends and your peers, as well as for your transcripts for your future to getting into college. It shows consistency and that you have the direction that you want to go in. And if they don't really feel quite as meaningful, you can find different ways to manifest that motivation that you hopefully have and to like things like a job or internships or courses online, whatever you can do that um, kind of shows you off on your transcript and keeps you invested in your life um, might be nice, especially for juniors. Yeah. It's a hard year, but you get through it. Um, I think the thing we're going to end on is the WH Stress Club. I just messed up my own name. <laughs> I think the thing we're going to end on is the WH Stress... <laughs> Third time. Somebody make an announcement? Hello. Like uh, they're testing the uh, phone system. There's oh. people here working on it, so oh, is it messed up? they're not going to make an announcement, but they're just going to. No, well, third time's a charm. Company, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we're going to talk about today is the WH Stress Club proposal that we have. Um, WH Stress is about 
kind of getting rid of the stigma around mental health and providing more resources for mental health at Williamstown and how to handle stress. And Ms. Rohr has like kind of volunteered to be our advisor for the club and we're going to get that passed soon, hopefully. So we just want to tell you a little bit that hopefully that's coming up and a little bit about what we want to do with it. Things like small group support, just honestly making friends and like people who can kind of relate to whatever struggles you have and talk with you about them as well as like management skills and maybe have some fun like yoga days outside or medita meditation, teaching skills like that, make it kind of fun and just have a support group around you. <laughs> and just have a support group around you. Follow the Instagram, it's a great place. Yeah, follow our Instagram, it's WHStress. Um, we post, we have a couple different video series on there and sometimes we just post something a little motivational to get you through the day. Um, give it a like and hopefully we'll be coming into classrooms soon. We'll figure that out. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that club. We'll try and get you information on it as we figure that out. But it's coming. And I think that's all for today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, thank you guys. Bye.